All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So just listening to the news there, we're both talking about the, the really good work that Global News has done about the condition of some of these SRO hotels yeah. in the downtown east side. Man, oh man, these things are, you talk about a pigsty, some of these places, the bathrooms, brutal. You know, I lived in the downtown east side back in the 80s as a student um, in, a, in a nice uh, loft apartment above the Blarney Stone, uh, which was a beautiful place. But I tell you, back then, I was surrounded by these SROs. They were pigsties back then. They, they were, were bad then, too. They were fire hazards back then. Yeah. And it's interesting. We're still waiting to see David Eby's magic solution of clearing that encampment on, on Hastings Street, but also dealing with the situation on the downtown east side. Uh, what do you, where, where do these people go? What do you do with these buildings? I mean, a lot of these buildings are the proverbial fire traps. Yeah. We've seen some tragic um, fires all just in recent months. Yeah. Uh, but again, they used to happen in the 80s as well, in the 90s. These are, this is the oldest part of Vancouver. It's the poorest part of Vancouver. And our, rep- our reporters have, uh, not me, but my colleagues have exposed some of the filthy living conditions people are, are living in, in, uh, in these areas. I did a I was talking to someone in the building yesterday, talking about Emery Barnes, the former speaker. Sure, yeah. He, in the 1980s, I did a, sto- a story on this weekly. He went and lived in one of these SROs. Oh, I remember that. And to bring attention to the low welfare rates. Yeah. And I would visit him every Friday in, a, in his, he's six foot ten. He was six foot ten. The bed was six foot five. <laughs> so he couldn't even sleep on it properly. He wasn't getting any sleep. I would try to bring him food. He said, no, I'm not taking any food. I want to bring attention to the welfare rates. The place he was living in was an absolute pigsty. And the shared bathrooms were atrocious. That was in 1985, I believe, or 84. And I don't even know if that building still exists. I think it probably still does. And I don't believe the uh, living conditions uh, uh, have improved since then. The only good news about that is that as a result of what Emery did, exposed the plight of welfare, he actually had to go into hospital because he's a huge guy. He just wasn't getting enough uh, nutrition and nourishment on on a welfare check that um, they raised the rates of of social assistance, which is a good thing. But again, that was a terrible place to live in the 1985. It's a terrible place to live right now. Yeah, it was terrible then, terrible now. <coughs> Pardon me. It's interesting to hear David Eby, though, now say that he wants something done about it. He thinks these SRO conditions are unacceptable. Well, what what is he going to do? And that's what we're waiting to see. I mean, that's part of his pledge. He's, he's halfway through his 100 days of action. Uh, he had a big announcement uh, this week on bringing more nurses into, into uh, uh, practice, foreign nurses. We expect another announcement from him probably tomorrow. Um, will it be about the downtown east side? We don't know. Yeah, and like you said, he had promised, I'm going to do something about that encampment on Hastings mm-hmm. Street, and he did promise some, roll out some modular housing in an announcement with the, with the new Mayor Ken Sim there. But I, I still don't think that's going to be enough housing there to shut down that tent city. He needs more, doesn't he? It does, and it's not. That's not going to take effect for a few more months yet. Right. So it's. Uh, he set the bar pretty high on a number of issues, and yeah. the expectations are pretty high. And one of the big expectations is, is get rid of that encampment on Hastings Street, and that's not an easy solution. Okay, let's talk about another issue. I think this is really interesting. We talked about this on the show last week, and I notice it's sort of gaining steam here. And this is the the rental restrictions that David Eby brought in for for condos. So for strata buildings. All condos effectively must be available to be rented out now if the owner wants to rent them out because some stratas had these no rental clauses. Mm -hmm. So those are illegal now. Everything has to be available to rent out if the owner wants to rent them out. 
Now, some stratas don't like it. And they say, well, you know what we're going to do instead? We're going to make our building a 55 plus only building. You have to be a minimum age 55 mm-hmm. plus, which is, well, some people have described it as a loophole, but you'd still have to be, you'd still be available to rent these suites out, but you'd have to be 55 plus minimum age. Mm-hmm. So I guess it weeds out the, the younger renters. Uh, the stereotypical right? young partiers. Yeah, I guess this is what some of these buildings are doing. Now, have a listen to EB's response here, how he turns this around when he's asked about it by Simi Sarah here. Let's have a listen. It's a new program, and so we'll be monitoring this carefully. But it's important to note uh, that we have a lot of seniors that are looking for a place to rent. Uh, and this may actually be helpful uh, to, uh, to ensure that seniors have uh, high-quality seniors housing that's available for them to rent. Okay, I thought that was... Uh... Well, there's a <laughs> lot of young people need places to rent. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and again, there's this stereotype of young people being bad renters, I think, is totally unfair. I lived next to a fiveplex in Victoria for years, uh, a rotating series of tenants. All of them have been great tenants, and they're young people. Yeah. There's been one bad tenant in out of, you know, dozens. So young people are not bad renters. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. I picked up a little... A little bit of nervousness in some members of the NDP caucus about this, the unintended consequences of this, that it's one th- it's great to get open up more places for more people, but some of the some of the again from veteran Democrats I've heard who who are no longer in caucus but live in in stratas and are on strata councils and uh, it's just they're concerned that uh, there's some unintended consequences here that um you drive people away in terms of participating in strata councils. There is uh, there is a need to rent for sure, um, but I wonder if there's going to be some amendments amendments in the coming spring session to the legislation that was passed. Well, I thought fall. that was a, a rather creative spin that he put on the yeah. question there to say, well, actually, this, this may be good news. A, this is a good thing. <laughs> this is great because now we'll have more rental housing for seniors. Well, I remember the way he framed this during the announcement was. There was a lot of talk about young people, young, people. young families, yeah. desperate for a, an affordable, decent place to rent. And this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to make more of these condos available to rent out. And now it's like, well, if a bunch of them then turn around and say, well, we're, we're going seniors only, well, this is a this is a good thing. The other okay. part of this was to get rid of the age restrictions. Yeah. Remember that you, you couldn't uh, boot someone out or and having kids, you couldn't boot someone out of a condo. If they were over 18 or yeah, 19, yeah. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting whether there's some amendments in the spring. Because this bill was passed very quickly, if you yeah. recall, yeah. Um, basically with uh, almost closure. Um, and I wonder if it's going to be revisited in the spring. Okay, get set to call me on that, please, and let me know what you think about that. Rentals in strata units, that continues to be a really interesting issue. Let me play one more clip here for you, Keith, from David Eby and his interview with Simi Sarah yesterday. And Simi asked him about Glenn Clark, the former NDP premier, who has now stepped down from his job with Jimmy Pattison and has made it clear that he's interested in getting back into public service and maybe taking a job with the EB government. Simi asked David Eby about that, whether he wants to hire Glenn Clark. Here's what he said. Glenn's a remarkable guy, and, uh, and having led the Patterson Group for a, a long period of time, uh, one of the largest companies uh, in the province, uh, if not the largest private company, uh, he brings a lot of experience and knowledge on a whole array of different issues, and uh, certainly glad to have him uh, volunteering to help the government. That's great news. Volunteering. Is he volunteering? That was where Glenn Clark was using uh, well, I mean, Glenn Clark's not doing this for money or wanting to do this for money. I've talked to him. He wants to generally provide some sort of public service. He points out he's been 
running co- a company and companies for years. That's what he does. He he runs things. He manages things very successfully. Doesn't want to be a he doesn't think a strategic advisor is not really what he's been doing for twenty years. He hasn't been in politics. He's been running a private sector company quite successfully. So he wants to apply sort of that management skill to something in government. If 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 there's an opening, uh, people have speculated BC Housing could be they're looking for a CEO. So it's interesting. I know uh, Glenn Clark is widely respected and and held in high esteem by David Eby. I can tell you that. Um, So something may be cooking there. Okay. I think probably there is something cooking, I imagine. All right. Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Benny in Abbotsford. Benny, Benny, where, where have you been? I've been around. Um, I want to know why CKNW has not jumped on the story of a gentleman calling my premier a dictator and wanting to recall him in his writing. Why haven't we heard anything about it? And why is Premier Eby staying silent? He needs to speak up and tell the people he is not a dictator. Okay, Benny, thank you for that. Benny, the reason is uh, these recall things are almost nuisance uh, petitions. They don't go anywhere. Uh, people who follow them have various grievances. Uh, there's never been a successful recall petition. There was one that was potentially successful again against a guy called uh, named Paul Reitzma on Vancouver Island after he was caught forging letters to his local newspaper. But these things, the bar set to get um, these things. Uh, through is enormously high and it's just impossible to sign up these many signatures in a very short period of time so the reason we haven't really paid any attention to it because they're it's almost meaningless i mean there was there was an official recall petition issued by elections bc against david eby after this uh constituent who doesn't like him which is under the elections act but anyone can do that anyone can do it and they go nowhere Yeah, people don't read the rules. They think, oh, I'll just do this and he'll be recalled. No, that's not how it works. You need an enormous number of signatures. Right. uh, And it's impossible to attain that. So the reason why this gets ignored by the media is that we've learned over the years these are almost meaningless events. There has been criticism of the recall law in B.C. for that reason that it's unworkable. It's so difficult to achieve it. Paul Reitzma is, is a notable exception. He resigned he did. Before, before before the signatures were counted. Right. Now, he got into a jam because he was writing letters to the editor of his local newspaper praising himself. And attacking his enemies. Right. Now, so here's he, some trivia. What was his pen name? Warren Batanko. Very good for five points. Thank you. Yes, I remember <laughs> that story. Because he used to write these As the letters. headline on his local paper, the Parksville paper, was, uh, Our MLA is a liar and we can prove it. Yes, that's quite a headline. Yeah. And as I recall, it was in like 50-point type, yeah. like man walks on moons type uh, <laughs> uh, headline. And because, then the reason they ran that headline, by the way, I remember this story quite vividly. They hired a former RCMP handwriting analyst mm-hmm. to analyze these handwritten letters yeah. and then compared it to a sample, <clears throat> a genuine sample of this MLA's writing. And they knew they had him red-handed. They had him dead to rights. That's a walk-down B.C. political lore. Yeah, that's a, that's an old, legendary story. But they started a recall campaign against him, it, and they signed up everyone in town, basically, to, to boot him out. And then he resigned just before yeah. they certified it. Yeah. So but this, uh, that one would have worked. May, that one would have, have worked. May have. The bar is pretty high for a reason. Yeah. Karen in North Vancouver. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm... Uh... 
going to say every uh, extreme action begets an extreme reaction, and there's no um, no good reason for this uh, zero uh, rental restrictions. It 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 means that uh, buildings uh, that would have had 10% as a common rental restriction, it could have easily been turned uh, requested or or made into law to be 20% rental restriction um, so that people would still be able to restrict it to homeowners primarily um, and so that maintenance of the buildings are usually done better by by homeowners rather than mm-hmm. by yep. uh, landlords. And landlords have um, uh, will pay more money for an apartment, and this is going to invite a lot of investors into yeah. the market. Where yeah. now it take, it eliminates the average uh, person trying to get into their starter yeah. apartment home. Yeah, and, well, thank uh, you, thank you, Karen, for the calls. An investor, uh, thank you, account. thank you for the call. Go Very ahead. good points, Karen. I've heard from Strata Council presidents who say, "Come on, if it, if this building turns into all renters, no one's going to serve on the Strata Council. No one's going to help out with the maintenance. No one's going to help out with the garden or whatever they've got going, uh, because it's all absentee landlords." And then you've got the concern that investment. Uh, groups start snatching these places up and um, renting them out, and potentially them. driving up the price. And potentially driving up. if if they're now attractive to someone who wants to buy them as an investment. So I still think out. this is a work in progress. I think the the government would be wise to sit back and collect some data since the introduction, the passage of this law, to see what's actually happening in the strata market out there. Have these unintended consequences? Are they occurring or are they not? and amend the law accordingly. So I think there's still an open door here for changes to that law come the spring session. Let's go to Rob on the line in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob, go ahead. Hi, good morning, Mike. You know, uh, when it comes to the Strata uh, situation here, uh, Mr. Eby's, uh his new policy, or if they do implement this, I'll tell you, when my son was in RCMP uh, depot in Regina, my wife and I looked at condos, and I'll tell you firsthand, he ended up buying one 15, 20 years older. They allowed, I believe they allow four, maybe five rentals in the building he's in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the newer building, uh, way newer, it was 15, 20 years newer. We looked at many in Chilliwack. The ones that didn't have any rules or regs and they were renters, I'm sorry, and I'm not meaning to demean renters or anything like that because, like you say, Keith, there are good renters. But this, I'm sorry, but they were dives. They were absolute dumps and they were walls were trashed, the baseboards, the it was just a filthy. So he went with a way older, way older building with strata rules, and it's very well kept, neat and tidy. So I think Mr. Eby's treading on thin ice when it comes to these, this new strata policy, if he goes through with it. Well, it has I gone think. through. It is actually now the law of the land yeah. in B.C. We got a minute. Oh, wow. it, passed in, it passed in the fall session very yeah. quickly. Uh, it was okay. not a lot of debate on it. But we'll see uh, again. Okay. Um, we'll see what the NDP caucus, uh, if they feel pressure from their constituents if uh, over the coming months. If, and if they do feel pressure, look for some amendments to the law. Well, one of the I things that so. EB did. Thank you, for, thank you, Rob, for the call. One of the things that EB did say was this is a new program. We're constantly evaluating it and yeah. reviewing it. And, you know, and, that, and that's what they'll do. They'll, they'll collect yeah. some data and they'll, they'll hear from uh, strata councils to see how it's working. And if it's not working properly, there's going to have to be some changes.